0: Good afternoon, everybody. My name is George Roach. And I am with Canadian Rights Watch. I want to welcome all of you listeners here and abroad. I am absolutely proud and always honored to be joined with my co-host, Doug McKenty. Doug and I have been doing a lot of work on the psychology of lockdown and other series with some incredible guests from around the world. And today, we don't fail you. We're going to bring a couple of people yep. to, that you're going to really enjoy. Doug, say Hello.
1: Hi, everybody. Uh, really happy to be talking with uh, Mickey Willis and uh, Dr. Judy Mikovits. Today, I've spoken with Judy a couple of times, but this is my first chance to have a conversation with Mickey, and we're going to really be uh, covering the entire pandemic series one year after the release. Really looking forward to this conversation. Absolutely. Absolutely. Well, folks, she was the first to
0: tell us about the disgrace, Dr. Fauci. She unleashed the truth without any resistance, it shocked people around the world, we were called conspiracy theorists, we were denied the facts, we were told all sorts of fictions, and the disbelief was certainly compounded by the concerted effort to discredit Dr. Judy. She didn't do it for money, she didn't do it for any of the fame, she did it because it was the honorable thing to do. Her efforts brought all kinds of law enforcement to the door attempting to destroy her, and she has prevailed. She is with us today, with uh, a great admirable producer, and independent uh, gentleman by the name of Mickey Willis. You've all seen the video. If you haven't seen it, you weren't on the planet a year ago, but we want to welcome you back to Earth and you're here with us today on the facts and the fiction. I want to welcome both of you. I love both of you. You're incredible people.
2: Thank you, George. Thank you, thank you for
0: having us. So let's start off light and you know, We'll, we're going to get into the deep dive stuff, but let's start out like, how did you and Judy meet? How did you guys come together to build this incredible film, this mm. truthful documentary that floored the cerebral cortex of everybody around the globe? How did you guys get this union going?
3: You want me to do you? Yeah, go ahead, Mickey. Yeah. Okay.
2: Oh, 18,
3: 18 months before the pandemic was announced, a very dear friend of mine, Dr. Lori, told me that I needed to be with this incredible woman who was writing a book and that she thought the book would make a great movie. And so she brought Jane into my office. We sat down and I had to be telling her story and I was blown away by it. And as I've always told the story, there was a, a moment that I remember very distinctly where I kind of faded out of listening to the story and just became very present to Judy's presentation to her body language, to her voice and all of that. And, and I was just really struck by um, how honest she, how honest and real she was. So clearly, it, I was sitting across from a woman who was incredibly courageous and who had been terribly wronged by a system that I already knew was corrupt because I had dealt with losing fam- family members due to... Uh, um, bad Western medical practices. And mm-hmm. so by the time we were done with the, uh, you know, the pitch session, I was incredibly moved. I thought it absolutely had to be a menoscopy of Aaron Brockovich you know, level of a story. Uh, but at the time I was committed to making another documentary I was deeply into it called The Narrative to Expose a U.S. Media, uh, because I'm, I'm a veteran of that for, you know, 30 years and i uh, I just thought it was really time to to illustrate to the world how divisive, intentionally divisive, and and psychologically destructive the mainstream media has come to all humanity. And um, um, and so I uh, I was in the middle of that project, so I wasn't able to say yes at G Film. But it was really stayed in my, in, in my heart of something that needed to be done. I'd made a couple phone calls to other people to see if we could possibly start developing a screenplay. And and then, um, you know, a year and a half passed, and the pandemic was announced. And the whistleblowers that I was working on for the narrative movie were telling me to be be aware, be alert, because false flag is coming up. A, what they said was a 9-11 size false flag is coming up. Wow. And uh, and then suddenly two weeks later, the pandemic was announced. And I, I reached out to my whistleblower group and I said, is this it? And they said, very likely. And so I, I called Dr. Judy and I said, I'd like to come over and talk to you, find out what the hell is really going on. And so I, I went to Viter, which at the time was 15 minutes away from where I lived. And we sat down and she started to do what Judy does, and that's just tell the truth. And about a third of the conversation, I said, let's stop. Would you tell the story on camera? Because I think that more people than myself need to know what's happening. And I'll up and let's just do a little one-on-one interview. And I'll cut it together and I'll just, I'll, I'll just, it's my gift. But I think your voice needs to be heard, and the story needs to be heard. It's fascinating to be heard. So Judy came over. We sat down. We did the interview, and I was just gonna cut a little simple back and forth between Judy and I. And I thought maybe she could use this. To then help you know get the movie made, but then as I was editing the little interview, I became clear that this this is actually incredibly urgent for the people to know right now. So let me you know um, put a little bit more time, effort, and money into it, and turn it into an actual documentary and uh, and put out in the world. And I, I thought you know it's going to get attention. You know, maybe it'll get a million views because it's, it's timely. That's mm-hmm. important. I just think yep. she needs to be she needs to be heard and that's how it started. Well that's incredible. So
0: how long because okay, the Rona was released five months after event two oh one. Roughly five months. How long after event two oh one did you and Judy hook up?
2: Actually before event two oh one. The, our book, Plague of Corruption, when when Dr. Laurie first read it, it was probably May of 2019. And and that's when she told me in, in her style that I couldn't publish that book the way it was because it didn't have a dead man's trigger. And so it was literally impressed. It was supposed to come out um, November 5th. And I can show you all the... Pre, you know, just like we're in pre sales, this date, this date, and it kept getting pushed back and pushed back. So she explained to me what a dead man's trigger was. And I, um, I called up Kent Hecken Lively and said, maybe there's one other story I should tell you. So if you look at the book and you have it in your hand or on your shelf and you look, the last chapter was supposed to be the way forward. And um, the one last chapter was the big gotcha. And, um, and, and I believe, and, and I did believe, and I told Mickey that, um, that, you know, the whole event 201 thing was they had to release this. They had to do this fast, this game, cover up all this vaccine injury, HIV, yeah. R V Zika, Ebola, all the Fauci pandemics had to go away, um, with this action of, um, call it all COVID and, um, basically kill all the people you injected with these animal viruses in contaminated vaccines for the last 40 years. So um, (laughs) that that sounds preposterous when you say it out loud, but in fact, what happened?
0: Well, listen, so here you are, you guys meet, and Mickey's like, you know what, the world has to hear this. This is not just for my ears. Uh, We got to stop. Judy, are you willing to go on camera? Are you willing to tell the world the story? You've not done this before. This is not something Dr. Judy Mikovits has ever done before. What's going through your mind the moment Mickey says, let's put this on film?
2: Well, and, and, and actually, he didn't have to say anything. I was practically begging him. In fact, Dr. Laurie was practically begging him. You've got to see this. As he said a minute ago, he was, he was busy. He was working on something else. And remember, this is the summer of 2019. And so (laughs) when, when, yeah, when 2020 moved around and we had already filmed a bit, we'd had long conversations. Um, and, uh, and, you know, and that's when he, um, You know, that's when when he said, in fact, when he shows when he showed um, Dr. Lori the cut, um, she said, oh, no, that's not because we were I really thought it was a promotional video for Plague of Corruption. Uh, get because plague of corruption would get censored. We knew that because yeah, our, our book plague was what our book plague was not um, was not um, well. It was written for doctors. Our book plague was written for the medical community, and I right. wrote plague of we wrote plague of corruption because I found out it had nothing to do with science. It was a plague of corruption, and so that right. was. And, and that that corruption had gone on for a really long time so so it really was just a promotional video that first 20 minutes and this is what Mickey just said when he went back and said oh no this needs to be a full documentary um, so Lori was quite unhappy um, she said kind of that's not the film I wanted and I said it's the film I wanted
0: mm.
2: <laughs> <laughs> that, that, yeah. the way it the, that was the way it ended up because that was exactly I mean that that you could put. Um, exactly what I said to him words into the vivid pictures I recalled as if it was yesterday that silence equals death and other things that he put in the film right
1: So it's pretty amazing, I mean you guys really did get like way ahead of the game, you knew what was happening before it was even starting to happen and then you were able to put this documentary together to describe to people what was going on uh, before most of us were even, I mean we're scrambling to figure out what the heck is going on with this coronavirus thing. I guess what I'd like to hear f- from both of you is maybe just a quick synopsis of, of the most important parts of Plandemic, um, and, and then just maybe a description of why you think the two of you, M- Mickey, you've already addressed this a little bit in terms of the whistleblower group you had with the narrative, but maybe, Judy, you could also give us, uh, because of your, your history in the industry, why you saw this coming from from a mile away, as it were. Um, you want to go first? one and a half miles, I think. One and yeah, yeah, I think so. <laughs> Mickey, why don't you start?
3: Yeah, it's a great question because sometimes people will 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 respond as if we're clairvoyant somehow, but it's, it's that's has nothing to right. do with it. Once you understand the game and the playbook, it's really easy to see the next moves because, as they say, it's become a catchphrase. It's become a cliche that everything's hidden plain sight. And it's, it's once you get past that first veil of understanding that it's hidden right in front of you, which is where no one looks, mm-hmm. then you can start seeing it everywhere. And so I credit the whistleblower team that I was with for giving me the heads up. Um, knowing how to track politics, I was also aware that there's so much stuff being revealed that it's very likely that, that they're right something's going to come down to, to, to cause a major distraction.
0: Yeah, you toured with politicians. You that's had right.
3: knowledge yeah. already. That's mm-hmm. right. I, I, tur- I, I toured with Bernie Sanders and Tulsi Gabbard, and um, I will say Tulsi Gabbard is an amazing person that I'm still a big fan of. I think she's a really, truly incredible human being, and I don't always agree with her policies. Um, but, but, but that's that's expected. You know who who do you ever agree? I don't agree with, with my wife all the time, and we have an amazing relationship. Right. Um, and but so it's really when you understand the playbook, particularly when you with someone like Anthony Fauci, it's so easy to track because yeah. this this wasn't the only crime. You go back every 15 years, and there's the exact same playbook. Look at AIDS and H1N1 and H5N1 and the Ebola right. and all of it, and you see that you can literally cut and paste everything that happened in the 80s and it would apply to today. The same, the same hiding of medicines that work, the same pushing medicines that were unproven and, and unsafe, the right. same destruction of, of unborn babies, Um, you know, I mean, it's the same exact story that's happening right now. So it's, it doesn't take a rocket scientist to figure it out. And the same,
1: the same mainstream media control of the narrative. It's interesting that you were working on that documentary previous to this about the mainstream media, because this is, and this is something that people I think have a real hard time understanding is, well, all the mainstream media wouldn't. You know they're not all in on this. All the doctors aren't in on this, but we see it. We see these patterns over and over again, where the CDC and the medical establishment create uh, a big disease that's happening, and then the corporate media just go with go with it and push the narrative and propaganda. I'd like to
3: address um, that because that, that, that is the number one the number one bit of pushback that I've received from people. Uh-huh. I will show them raw data. And it creates such a cognitive dissonance in them because they look at it and they say, okay, that's clearly a real study. That's, that's clearly real. But are you trying to tell me all these people are in on this big... And they don't understand how it really works. And the, the truth of the matter is... Right. The people at the top or not, and all the rest are minions that are too afraid to, to get fired and too incentivized and to incentivize toe to the line not to the line. And when you understand that um, we all saw the Sinclair broadcasting thing that came out years ago um, where they you know they had all these broadcasters from all the affiliate stations all over the world saying the same yep. exact thing. We all saw that. Yeah they picked on Sinclair because that, that leans towards the right but the truth is it happens in all sides and all the time. I actually have a we edited a piece of pandemic where it was showing um, all the newscasters repeating the same promotional line for Amazon. And Amazing. So you get these corporate yeah. funders, you get Big Pharma, and the big hats like Amazon. And they literally, all these are affiliates. And so in the same way that people understand that every McDonald's is, is a is a franchise. And they the reason that if you go to a McDonald's here or in Japan, the burgers are going to be exactly the same is because they have a mandate of the Exactly how much ketchup? Exactly how many pickles? And, and so these news stations are franchises. So there's a there's a there's the Great Oz that speaks from the top, and that yeah. the, the script the script goes out to all the affiliates. So it's not a bunch of news stations; it's one.
0: Right, They're all right. branches off of the same tree. And I mean, the stuff that you're spouting today, I mean, way back then, you know, back in early 2020, it was all conspiracy theory. Now no one's debating it. No one's laughing now. No one's calling anybody a conspiracy theorist. But we still have a lot of delusion. I mean, delusion is sincere denial.
1: And denial is not a river in Egypt. We've said this before. It's an (laughs) ego defense. (laughs) So many people think denial. Go ahead, so many people think that that there's just thousands of investigative reporters hitting the beat out there, and there's not. There's people writing copy that their editors told them to write, and the editors got told what to write from from the boards of direct, you know, of, of these major corporations, and it just comes down the pike from from this hierarchy. Uh, and, of, and of
0: madness, the hierarchy of, of madness. People
1: can't, people can't believe it, but it, that's how the, these narratives are created and, and then just imposed, and then people think it's true because they've seen it from a hundred different news sources. They don't realize it just came from one guy at the top. So difficult this, to break I, through. I call
3: it copy. I, I call it copy, copy and paste journalism because it, it, whereas in the past. They would actually send out reporters into the field to to witness firsthand what happened and then they'd come back and bring their own unique report back. Now you have right. people that sit in their apartments and they wait till BuzzFeed says something that just cut and paste it. Yeah. Yeah. Well, yeah. there's no
0: more journalism. Journalism, in my opinion, is is a thing of a thing of the past. I mean, if there's any journalism, this is it right now. The podcast media are yeah. the truth tellers of the world today. Right. And mainstream is taking a back seat. It's kind of like snooker used to be the billion dollar game and now nine ball is. But well, it, it,
1: they've changed positions. Correct. So. So, Doctor Mikovitz, now now that we've gotten Mickey's perspective uh, from the media point of view, you actually lived this. I mean, you were working in in AIDS in the nineteen eighties, and then through a variety of these different, uh, as Mickey calls them, crimes that have happened over and over again. This isn't the first one. This is how you've seen the pattern for decades. Can you describe uh, working in the industry and, and starting to recognize the pattern, and then yeah, uh, under that, then that then pressure, being, right? And then being in a position to, to be able to expose it so early on when the coronavirus hit.
2: Well, yeah, it was, uh, I mean, it literally started from day, day one. And this is what we put in our book, Ending Plague. Um, mm-hmm. uh, it, it started, I, I started work June 10th, 1980 at National Cancer Institute purifying interferon. And so that interferon, the type one interferons, could have been used very, very low dose in a spray formula and, and saw, and, and solved not only AIDS, but coronaviruses, RNA viruses. It's your frontline immune defense. It was Amazing. a vaccine and it was like, you know, like $5, but I, so I watched, um, and then, and then I watched the, um, and, and, and participated in purifying the first Um, interleukin-2 and the first human disease-causing retrovirus, and I I experienced firsthand when the government did unsafe things and and Gallo and Fauci didn't really care. It's you purify in an open-air centrifuge this much stuff, or you're fired and somebody else will do it. Well, you know, I was the only one there who wasn't married and I was never planning on getting married or have kids or things. So we simply, my boss and I simply had um, everybody else go away and at night, um, we we used the open air centrifuge, and we made the um, and, and we made the um, inter, uh, the HTLV one. We purified it and, and, and from the, the cells, and, and gave it to Bob Gallo and Pe- Tony Fauci, the National Cancer Institute. And um, you know, it was a virus, so it was National Institute of Allergy. So we just shipped it down the roads. So most of my life, I've just been a hired gun. Um, and, and I lost my job after that. Um, I wrote a letter to the Washington right. Post and said, ah, oh, you know what's going on down there? And you know what? I <laughs> learned at, 20, at, at 22 years old, they didn't care what was going on down there. and They've been doing it down there a really long time in Washington Post. So, and, and like you said, in in the XMRVs, in the, the mouse gamma retroviruses, this is syncytin in the spike protein. So why would you put Sincitton in and deny that XMRVs existed and and make it all go away and have it go across the screen at Good Morning America at the end of 2011 after I'm jailed? So my mom calls me up and you know, talks to me just like Dr. Lori does and says, "Judy Ann, what the hell is going on?" And I'm like, "Sorry, mom. <laughs> Sorry, mom. I gotta go. So what do you? Because I don't watch TV and I never did. I'm a lab rat." I don't watch TV. I don't know movies, you know, Ken Tech and Lively in writing the book. He's the one that brings in the movies and the things, you know. Um, and, and it's just right. not me, you know, and and so I yeah, I lived this from, from day one. And and again, it's it's so hard for me to to live today and watch people over and over again. I mean, I can't I can't even read you my email. You know about you know, and and the people that are so upset and dying and 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 standing in line to get these shots and yeah. being lied to and then like you know call, writing me and saying I'm a mo- an emotional wreck help me I just made this decision and and it's it's tough when you're lied to for forty years and you believe that but I can't comprehend how anybody can believe it and and I don't necessarily feel any anything good about Tony Fauci being found out. I feel that's like what Mickey said with the white gloves in the in, in indoctrination, pandemics um, yep. indoctrination, where he said, look over here. So now China's got all these voting machines and I don't know anything about that, but oh yeah, they're the ones that were controlling this. So now it's like we'll we'll throw Tony Fauci under the bus, knowing full oh, well nothing will ever be done and it'll never stop and people will just continue being murdered. Mm -hmm. So when do they lock the wall up, like the Nuremberg trials, and publicly show people what will happen? Well,
0: Reiner's coming to town.
2: (laughs) Well, but instead, what our our FBI FBI does is what they did to me, what they did to Simone Gold, what they did to Roger Stone, you know, surrounding your house, what was in the first movie, you know, uh, uh, in the middle of the night. And you know, literally um, taking you out of it, taking away all your rights. I never did get a trial. I still don't have my basic um, civil rights or human rights. But you were never arrested. You were never charged (laughs) with anything. Exactly. So what the hell would they do a trial for? There's no. You you only get (laughs) that. They took away ten million dollars. They took away my right to work ever again. For a while, I couldn't vote because they had that felony fugitive from justice charge. You can't base a felony fugitive from justice. I went to Fort Detrick on November 15, 2016, and I was working with Mike Hugo. Went to Fort Detrick not thinking, was just going to pick up my retirement um, information, was there for my mom's 80th birthday, um, and, uh, and walked in the place. And and the guard shack said, "I'm sorry, Judy. You can't go in there. Here's a piece of paper. You know, literally five years later from Tony yeah. Fauci, you're a fugitive. Yeah. you can't step foot on Fort Detrick. So you know, I That's crazy. I, this guy was my Judy. my friend, and he said." I, and I'm, I'm like cussing him out. And this guy was my funny <laughs> not you my friend. And so he said, well, Judy, I'm sorry. I just have, this is my job. I have to do that. Fortunately, most of the guys on the, uh, in the security division played on one or the other of my softball teams over the years. So it was like, well, Judy, I, I have to do my job, but I have to go to the bathroom. I'll be right back. So you don't have to tell me to run out that door, jump in the car and never go back. Um, but I still haven't gotten my retirement from Fort Detrick because I can't find my employee number and I can't go there. Oh I'm gosh. locked out of the place I worked for 22 years. Oh I'm my locked gosh. out of society, really, um, <laughs> for for almost anything. What a story.
0: I mean, Mickey, okay, so Judy is, in my opinion, or in my research, one of the, if not the first person to be you know, the whistleblower of the century, Uh, you know, bringing messages to people who are completely oblivious to what's going on out there. You interviewed Mickey, all kinds of professionals for this pandemic film, all kinds. Was Judy the first one that you cast in this? Did you already have a bunch of people around you? Or was she the magnet?
3: No, Judy. Judy started all of this. It, it was it was really her courage that started this whole landslide. And um, believe me, there have been moments when <laughs> I've wanted to kick her in the butt. <laughs> because, <laughs> it, 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 you know, I mean it. But but ninety nine point nine percent of the time, pretty much the amount of the survival rate we have from coronavirus, I have I've only been in a place of absolute admiration and appreciation for Judy because even though it's absolutely the choice. I made the choice, so it's. Uh, I'm just kidding. It's not Judy's fault. I knew what I was getting into, but it has certainly brought a lot of a lot of uh, heaviness to my life. I we, I've I've had you know death threats, and I've had to deal with the FBI and all this all the stuff that happened no. as a result of going yeah. against the symptom, um, So it, you know, she started this this landslide. There's a lot of other brave doctors now who have have taken on the baton. She's given them the courage to to speak the truth because no one's under a stranglehold more than doctors are I as a filmmaker you know I there was major sacrifices that I make I have a name pulled out of three movies that were on Amazon and Netflix and so there's a, a great loss and um, it, it you know in my commercial career but I can still go off as an independent and do whatever I want but a lot of doctors can't you can't practice without the uh, permission of, of the organizations that are are the government, the medical industry. So it takes a whole other level of courage for doctors to step out. I want to say something very very personal and direct here to the listeners. Please, please. Because, um, you know, there's a common defense that people take, and I understand it. I, I don't get angry at people. I understand it because we've all been lied to so much. Anytime there's somebody who comes out with you know, a charismatic, you know, voice and a smile. People people rightfully, because we've been we've been so burned by snake oil salesmen in the past and all the motivational speakers and people who just aren't who they say they are. And I, I want people to know from my personal experience that I've now known Judy for two and a half years. I interviewed everyone that worked with her in her past that would have a conversation with me. Uh, from attorneys to other doctors to, uh, you know, people that were involved in the criminal case. Um, and, and I'm absolutely certain at this point, particularly with all the backup from all the other doctors that I've interviewed, which is now into the hundreds, Nobel laureates included, that what Judy has offered to the world is 100% accurate.
0: Yeah, absolutely.
3: And and it takes a lot of courage to do that. So that anyone using this this really tired slander that people do this kind of thing for fame and money, I just want to set the record really straight there. I was a a champion of the left, and I could have maintained my position and all the accolades that come with that, and quite frankly, a lot more revenue that comes with that because. <laughs> I can work any- I can work anywhere. Now I am pigeonholed to very specific channels to even have my voice heard. And I have to do a lot of the work I do for free because it's 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 not the same game I'm playing now. I'm playing a game to spread the truth and I've You've been, been filtered. Been you're filtered. Been democrat- You've been filtered. Yeah. that. Yeah, it's not something that we always feel comfortable doing. And so the idea that somebody would do this for you know, who in the hell wants to be famous in this modern age? The age of cancel culture where you're Entire career can be flushed from a, a, a colorful joke. Nobody—I I can't imagine anyone striving for any kind of fame. And quite frankly, one thing Judy and I have in common—we're very different in a lot of ways. But I think if we had the choice, and if we weren't on, on these missions, we'd probably be pretty rec- recluse. We'd probably love to have our anonymity and to be, you know, uh, uh, you know, with our loved ones on a farm, and growing our own food, and having a very simple life. But we've chosen to step into this because. It's a, it's a moral responsibility that we have right now because Absolutely. we love people, we yeah. love humanity, and I have children. And that is the only thing that's fueling me. That's the only thing that's fueling Judy. And I can mm-hmm. say that with 100% certainty.
0: Doug, you and I have talked about this. We all have kids. Yeah. Uh, I would not be in this chair if I didn't have a couple of daughters. Got to take a, a stand. Son. Uh, it's. I, I think yep. this is the most important work I've ever done myself. I, I'm a. I'm a musician and a producer and an, a music agent. But I had some transferable skills, and I felt that if the music was going to die, we had to do something about why. That's you got to stand yep. up and tell the truth. You guys have shown that kind of muscle for over a year, and I think Judy, you would have experienced some, you know, digressions of this approach to you, the slamming of Dr. Judy Mikevitz as somebody who's to be discredited and all this BS that nobody can challenge today. No one's laughing now. No Mm -hmm. one's talking about it now. The truth is out in the open. You don't even need to say anything. The propulsion behind what you told us a year ago with Mickey as the great producer uh, is all true today. No one can argue about it. We're thrusting forward. We're putting this out in the public. And I know that it's a risk and it's a risk for your professional lives. It's been a risk to your families. Uh, Mickey, I'm assuming to some degree that your access to your profession has shrunk because people are are going, look at what Mickey Willis is doing. Look at what he's saying.
3: Yeah, both. It's, it's, it's both, but my access to the commercial world, which I often honestly don't want anything to do with is, is sever that bridges & Burn fully. And I, and yep. they'll, they'll never allow me back into that club, and it's it's awesome, because I don't want to be in that club.
1: Yeah.
0: <laughs>
3: and, and while, while I they, feel the same they, way. They, the community that I'm a part of now, I would say, in many ways, is much smaller and has less power in terms of not owning the entire entertainment industry. Um, it's also more powerful in that it's people who are coming from a place of not not ego gratification but of of service to life to god to love whatever you want to call it and so That's i it, find right there much more gratification in the work that i'm doing now and all i know is from 30 plus years in hollywood i have a lot of friends who are incredibly financially successful who are miserable and yeah all i know is I'm not making the money I was before a pandemic right now, but I'm, I'm taking care of in every way. My family's thriving and the people we hang around are, are authentic and loyal. And, and, and they will, they will die for, for what's right in their life. And, and they're a so, so true service. Yeah.
0: You've arrived at ego integrity. If you, if you basically what you're saying is if I had to do this all over again, I would do it the same way. I would. Change I, would, nothing. I, would I
3: honestly would. It's brilliant. I Judy? want to.
0: Uh, yes, yeah,
1: Well, I just I want to I want to I want to have a kind of a general discussion of the nature of the if you want to call it a, a conspiracy. I mean, we've talked about how there's this repeating pattern of essentially creating a disease uh, and, and then and then suppressing cures that actually work, and then promoting a cure that's going to make a, a well-connected pharmaceutical corporation a lot of money. Um, <laughs> is this is this sort of the pattern that you're seeing and then also I know Judy w- what you would then take it to the next level and say oftentimes the cure the the cure that they're promoting may very well ultimately cause cancer or cause other problems down the road it's a, it's it's a whole like long term i mean what do you see and this i just want to try to Try to see if we can't find a, a simple, large vision uh, of of what the end game is for these people. I mean, what and because and and then if you could comment on how vast it seems to be. Again, something that people have a difficult time wrapping their minds around the this corporate system, these pharmaceutical companies colluding with the government could actually even be capable of perpetuating yeah. something on this scale. So maybe Dr. Mike if you want to, if you want to kind of start with that, like this big picture vision of what's going on, maybe the motivations, maybe some of the people who are behind this. I mean, what do you see as the big picture here?
2: Well, I think that's what, I think that's what, um, pandemic, the movie, especially pandemic indoctrination showed us, showed us all, even, mm-hmm. even me was that it was such a pervasive big picture. It's, everything in our life literally that we've been lied to literally from the time um, you know uh, the and, and through film you know uh, through things like low cholesterol low fat um, you know fake food GMOs the the everything about you um, what we've been told is right for our health is wrong for our health and drives us right. towards a pharmaceutical product. So the whole, you know, the commercial on J and J Johnson and Johnson from cradle to grave as if that's that yeah. thing, and you see that, and it's just hard to look at that because you realize right now, that's what was done in the beginning. That's why I mentioned interferon. So interferon was the magic bullet for cancer. I think it was March 31st, um, 1980, Time Magazine cover. And I was just looking down at my briefcase to see if I had that with me, but it's probably at home. Um, but at any rate, that cover, that magazine, had a drip through a needle, kind of the big if. Will that be the prevention? Will that be the cure? So we started with a one cause, one cure. And there never is one cause, one cure. Right. And- just kept so so we just kept spinning the literature. And I should say going back to what you were talking about with the scientific literature, we're talking about the same thing in the medical literature. The medical literature is literally a commercial. So when people this whole peer reviewed, no, no, this is a this is a censorship form, a keep studies you don't want to go out there. And so peer reviewed journals um, like Science Nature, that was the hardest thing for me to realize in 2011. It, it was, it's pure fraud. It's cut and paste science. Everything in our journals in 2020 is COVID. There's no other disease. It's right. all the other science had called it all COVID. Right. And I look, with, I look with anger and disgust at colleagues who just keep drinking the Kool-Aid, and they're like, oh.
0: <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Dr. Mark and I, uh, and Doug, we call right. this ma- mass delusional psychosis. And
1: and it's <laughs> affecting the professionals, the, the other journalists, the doctors. I mean, it, it's, you know, they're not acting according to their professional ethos. They're just going along because they're just as much a victim of this psychological operation they, as anybody else. They got else.
0: the NLP. They got the NLP stuck in their brains. Uh, all mm-hmm. this garbage that they've been listening Judy, to. Judy and
3: I were, we were part of, a, of an event on, on June 8th, and, and before the event started, I had everyone kind of close their eyes and we did a little exercise, and, and, but the, the, the moral to this point was that I, I asked everyone, I said, if, if if they were at a hypnotist show and it, and the entire group was asked to do some very silly things because they were all under group hypnosis, you know, could we really judge those people, you know? Right. Could we judge the actual characters? And so I was asking people just to show a little compassion for understanding that our loved ones, a lot of our family members, and people that we love, they're, we're, they're literally under, and we may be to some certain degree, too. We have to be open and humble enough to understand that it affects all of us. Um, under a group, a uh, masthenosis, uh, and, and if you understand the, the programs that were invaded way back in the 50s, when at the, really the dawning of television and all of that, uh, that have been infiltrating all forms of media ever since then, and these are people who have studied the human mind to such a degree that they, they know how to operate like like their own personal computers. Yep. and that's literally what has very and to understand this, the programs were designed for people with high IQs. They were designed to infiltrate mm-hmm. uh, uh, universities, college professors. They were yep. designed to influence. So, so for Hollywood. And and so people are always saying, "Oh, my friend is so, oh, he's he's so smart. He's one of the most brilliant people you know." But my God, he's he's drinking Kool Aid. Well, no, they, 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 these mind control programs were actually designed for highly intelligent people. Right. And, 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 and so yeah. And to, to permeate, that. to permeate.
0: Yeah. Abs- no, that's one hundred percent true. Yeah. That's one hundred percent true. When yeah. our own doctors are drinking this Kool Aid and buying into this junk, they become part of the machine. Of the disease, in my opinion, they become one of the killers this, of our people. There,
1: there's is, no preserving there. Right. This has been one of the yeah. biggest, uh, oh, I guess, aha moments for me or awakenings that I've had during this whole coronavirus thing is, is that prior to this, and George and I now, we do a lot of this kind of like psychology work. And, and we understand that this is a, a trauma trauma-based mind control situation that we're in and the solution is not to argue with people and you know like to be more logical because they've got this cognitive dissonance that's going on it's actually to have compassion and closure and And help and help with like an emotional healing process and then people will just naturally become aware like yeah i mean you know you've been you know You've been put through the ringer. This is not a, a healthy emotional relationship with authority that we have here. It's like a, people are, are under Stockholm syndrome. The solution being uh, not, not judgment and, and anger and argumentation, but compassion and, and healing is, like, is the approach. I think that I, you know, I've personally been, uh, been taking. Uh, and the longer that this coronavirus thing has been going on you know, the more important it seems to be that people in the movement actually take this angle. Uh, well, it's not going to happen on by sec. argumentation.
0: It it, it's no longer just an argument anymore. Yeah. You don't stop at the argument. You're getting pathologized. If you don't believe this corona, if you don't believe in the Palmer chain reaction test and all this other garbage, you you have a problem. You're pathologized. You're found to be somewhat a little right of center. You know what I mean? We're, we're not just a disagreement where you got it wrong. You're nuts. Mm-hmm. This is where they're going now. So there's no more, there's no more conversation. You can't have a conversation with somebody about this. And if you challenge their data or challenge their information, or if you show them peer-reviewed uh scientific data, uh yeah, that's to be that's to be gotten rid of. Uh you, you just blew my coping mechanism out of right. the door, hence cognitive dissonance. Uh uh <laughs> But these people, when presented with information that in any way refutes the deluded beliefs that they have been carrying around through their families, vicariously bringing them to work, bringing them to the grocery store, to any suggestion that the evidence that they have is meaningless, and when you show them peer-reviewed science, you you have a serious problem, and you've lost a friend almost immediately.
1: Mm -hmm.
0: Now, how many people, Judy, right now today, in your profession, have switched judy got it right folks she was bang on the money right from go uh how many people have flipped has anybody said wait a minute wait a minute i think she's been right all along has anybody sent you an email and said judy sorry gosh we we didn't buy what you were saying before but we see it clearly now yeah mm-hmm. you got that going on today
2: not from scientists <laughs> not from my profession i've been out of that profession i uh, since um 2011 and I agree with what Mickey just said you know I'm far happier I never wanted to get a PhD I never wanted to be part of that old boys club from the time you know I walked in the National Cancer Institute in 1980 and had those early experiences it's like now nah, this isn't this isn't a game I want to play mm-hmm. and, and we talk about why I did some of those things in order to you know in order to help humanity because I was there watching these PhDs and MDs just Literally ignore the data, and I, yeah. and so I thought, well, uh, you know, I'll get I'll get a PhD too, and 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 maybe it'll change it. But obviously, that that didn't work. Um, as I mean, I love I love the article that came out in a in AIDS research in human retroviruses. You know, an Elsevier journal. I think it's owned by a big pharma company, Abbott, or somebody else. Elsevier journals, all the big journals, and um, it was July of 2020. And in the abstract, they're talking about pandemic in a scientific journal, mm. and the title of it was something like um, "The Toxic Legacy of Judy Mikovits <laughs> Red <laughs> <laughs> and, and, and like Frank, Frank was said, he was so upset, and I'm like, "Score!" Yeah, yeah right.
0: Like, Talk you know, about protection. What hubris! Well, listen, I got a question I want both of you to answer. And Judy, I want you to begin. Listen, given what you've been through in the past year, how do you feel about the emails of Fauci being exposed? Is it a distraction? Do you think it's part of the plan? If it's deemed legitimate whistleblowing material, do you think he'll sing like a canary when the powers that be let him take the fall?
2: Uh, No, I don't think he'll ever sing like the canary because he always uses uh, the the technique of of blaming somebody else um, mm. because he's never the one he's the man behind the curtain he's the little man with you know with no balls that just i think he'll blame you know the the black doctor um, and i don't remember her name who's on the patent for the moderna vaccines yeah. there are people who will be the fall people just as he's always done in in the past and so you know the emails in in my opinion oh you know, they know we're writing this last book. They know we wrote the last book. They have the hard drives. They've had the hard drives since 2014. They know the emails. They've all been out there all along, and we've had them all along. Him admitting to these things back in 2011. We knew. We knew back um, in in HIV AIDS. They had them all along. So that's where. That's where I don't. You know, I I could care less about you know Tony Fauci never did. Um, I always just correct everybody who said I worked for him because it, give me some credit. I have integrity. I wouldn't work for that man for for an hour, much less. <laughs> 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 <laughs>
0: right. me, tell happy. us how you tell us how you really feel for crying That's out loud, what? Judy. Well, don't hold I told that. Him that in
2: 1984 when he was on the phone, and I, and I don't think. I don't think I said Polonius Fauci when I did Martin is teaching me very F-words my alliteration. I love alliteration.
0: Well, when you have somebody who spent as much time as you did uh, around Fauci and knowing what he's done, and for anybody to attempt to discredit you can only be seen as their attempt to silence you. Doesn't make them right. Doesn't mean that they have any knowledge. They don't. Uh, you've clearly maintained your stance from the moment Mickey put that camera on your face. You have not wavered. You have not changed. You've been the same person all the way through. I can totally understand why, why you, Mickey, see Judy as your hero. I, I totally get it. Now, what are your thoughts of that, Mickey? You, do you think it's distraction? Do you think it's part of the plan? Is it legit? Is it legitimate whistleblowing? Or are we playing politics again? You would know okay. you heard with these guys.
3: Yeah. Yeah. So, so in 2007, I saw a black and white vintage ad from IBM. And the ad was an illustration. And it was a, a, a Vanna White kind of model standing in a home. Ooh. and She was doing the Vanna White kind of motioning towards an open doorway to a bedroom, and beyond that open doorway was a floor-to-ceiling, wall-to-wall, the most massive NASA-style computer system you could ever imagine, and the ad was saying to people, be prepared because one day, this is in the 50s, one day everyone will own their own personal computer in their home, and it will be so big that you will have to have a master bedroom size room to house this computer. (laughs) And so I saw this as kind of a it was sent to me as kind of a joke of look how wrong they got it. But it opened up a whole world for me because what I realized is at that point, even the geniuses behind IBM, which were innovators of computer technology at that point, couldn't foresee the future and it made all logical sense that if we were going to have a computer that would be big enough to be functional, that would be worthwhile for us to own and buy and, and maintain in our homes, by the time it got that powerful, it would take the size of a master bedroom. At that point in time, there was no hint about a techno- na- technology called nanotechnology that would allow for now we have the size of a, a needle tip we have terabytes and there was yeah. nothing, nothing logically that pointed towards the inevitable future that we would—that the more powerful computers got, the smaller they would get. In that era, everything more powerful was bigger. And so I mentioned this because it's very important for us to understand that what IBM was doing at that moment in time was looking from where they were then Based upon that, they could they were, they were predicting the future based upon their limited knowledge of that present moment. And we're doing that now in a lot of ways. We look back at our past and we say, these people are never going to be held accountable. They're never going to be, this happened in 1970 and this happened in 1950. And and we're in a different age now. We have technologies now that we've never had before. The yeah. people are communi- we had three news stations back then. And now we have multiple, which for better or for worse, but the people, for the first time ever, the internet is both horrific to our society and it's wonderful, mm-hmm. but we're able to network and communicate in a way that I feel that these these emails, everything that's happening is a step in the right direction. So we have to stay positive. Yeah, Because the more we hold this, this collective vision of nothing's going to come from this, The more we're pushing it in that direction. We have to hold the understand that even if even if Fauci is used as some sort of a patsy and he's he's thrown under the bus as a distraction, that's okay. It's a first step towards towards crushing the myth that these people are saints. Yeah. And we'll lead them towards investigating the whole game. And so we're winning in the biggest way possible, but you would never know it if your only window to the world is the the media narrative that they want you to see. We need to look beyond that. Well, this is interesting because the media
0: have sold their souls and they have become slaves. It's, and I yeah. believe the same, just a sec, Doug, I believe the uh-huh. same with with Fauci. Uh, Judy, these emails that we're dealing with right now today, they must be child's play in comparison to the emails Fauci previously sent you. Your thoughts?
2: Oh, t- or copied. Yeah, I wasn't usually sent. It was usually Frank Presetti because... I didn't work for the government for the last twenty years, and there was no emails when I left the National Cancer Institute in two thousand and one. So, yeah, I think what I, I think what um, you know we've we've got the proof of of him involved in, in all of these uh, various scandals. So that that's not an that's not an issue at all. I think what what Mickey said and what I'd probably say, you know, I see the positive in the whole um, medical healing way.
3: What I see
2: with Fauci, I could care less what they do to him because now nobody will believe this shit and take those shots anymore. That's where I want. I want people to go back to sunshine and and good healthy food and good clean living and and realize they never had to look at somebody like that for their health that they had a god-given immune system that's fabulous and we can even beat no matter what Fauci comes up with. That's why I keep mentioning the Ebola in 2014. That was the deadly one, folks. Oh yeah. And so clean medicine, hydroxychloroquine and a smart doctor and a lot of prayer and calm him down and get him to fear nothing. And this guy, you know, literally made the convalescent serum that protected the whole world and nothing Fauci could say could stop that when an honest doctor just does a good job.
0: Mm -hmm. So what would you say to Fauci now that his emails are out, the year's gone by, the pandemic film has been seen a gazillion times, People are really starting to wake up. I know we still got a bunch of somnambulists out there. What would you say to Fauci now, given what he has said about you to his colleagues or other people in the industry? What would you say to him?
2: Uh, honest, honestly, don't know. I mean, I honestly don't. Um, you know. I I probably wouldn't even want to get on the phone. I just, uh, it wouldn't be an angry, it wouldn't have been a gotcha, it wouldn't have been a see, told you so, Uh, more more the how could you? How could you? Yeah, yeah. Yeah,
3: Yeah. how
0: could you? That's my thinking. How could you you do this to the world?
2: Millions of people. How could you not simply, and that was the big thing in our first book. I really thought July 22nd, 2009, the invitation-only meeting at the National Institutes of Health, where Fauci didn't attend, but he sent people. So this is that plausible deniability is the phrase I was trying to think of earlier. That's how he gets away with it. I wasn't there, I didn't do it. Um, but yeah, mm-hmm. you knew, um, and that's, that's the big thing. I really thought, we, we all thought it was a good thing to make these vaccines we all thought we could educate the immune systems to prevent and, and treat chronic and infectious disease. We right. all thought that. When we realized in 2011, we were causing the disease with these shots because of something that actually turned out to be reality that we all thought, I just thought we would stop, clean it up, heal the people. We know. and move how on to, and move on. And until the real, that's the real, oh no, we're just going to destroy the messenger and do everything in our power yeah. to make it go that away. That's, as, as Mickey said, that's the gift of, of the internet and the way knowledge works these days. Because once Pandora was out of that box, once we cleared, yep. um, you know, really only through God and, and probably Frank Rosetti's um, um, genius because he didn't submit that paper through channels. Because he knew what happened in 1984. And so it's, uh-uh, I, I, you know, fool me twice. So we didn't get yeah. it through channels where the entire top of HHS, Health and Human Services, has to check the boxes on that 2009 um, uh, uh, science paper. You know, so that, well. that, that paper, um, they couldn't stop it. They just couldn't
0: make right. It. Go and, and listen, Doctor David Martin corrected one of our great lawyers. Doctor, uh, I'm sorry, Rocco Galadio here. He's one of our constitution lawyers in uh, in Ontario. We we've made this clear. We we just we did an interview with Doctor Kerry Medade recently, and we also uh, d- did an interview with Doctor Sherry Tenpenny. Uh, uh, you and I have a mutual friend in Michelle Taveras, who's her director. This is not a vaccine. They're calling it a vaccine to circumvent the liability that would be placed in their laps squarely, were they to call it anything else. This is an mRNA therapeutic. It gets into your blood. I have a gentleman, 92 years old, was fishing with his family a week before. He got the vaccine. He's got a big lump on his neck now uh, and diagnosed with lymphoma.
3: This is something Dr. Terry told us. It gets into your DNA. All vaccines get into your blood. This gets into your DNA. Right. It's a whole other
0: game. It's alternating. It's alternating yeah. DNA. It's changing it. Sorry. Yeah. So, Judy, what would you say to people out there right now? We have a lot of people lining up to get the vax. They're doing it with fervor. Uh, I got to get it. The marketing plan is working. The 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 scarcity that they have you know created in the country. Though there's not enough vaccines right now. Uh, we, we're going to have to get more. And then when people see the next. Batch gets here. They're lining up to get this vax. What would you say to people before they walk out of that house to go get that vax, regardless of the age?
2: What I'm usually saying is, "What's the hurry?" You know, uh, I say it to my nephew. Who asked me the same question. I said, "Well, honey, what do you do best?" And he said, "Got it, Aunt Judy. Procrastinate. Procrastinate. Watch and wait. You know, what's the hurry?" You're perfectly well. This these viruses, uh, this SARS-CoV-2 has a 99.9 percent survival rate. You know, there's this is the most toxic vaccine ever. You right. know, ever. And and combined to all vaccines, what really is the hurry? What you know? And, if- and, and Dr. David
0: Martin said that's a Rocco. By the way, this don't call it a vaccine, Rocco. Right. This is yeah. not a vaccine.
1: Gene therapy.
0: Well, I like yeah.
2: people not to call this COVID because it has nothing to do with SARS-CoV-2. <laughs> so, you right. know, it's, it really was the flu. And so <laughs> this is this is how they spin the narrative. But it's that's what I say to people. You know, you know, I don't bother with peer-reviewed studies. That you know, I um, I, I, I I I co-opted a line um, that usually I say for with Franker said he used to say I have no peers, and he's right. Um, so. <laughs> <laughs> That makes sense. (laughs) It it certainly wasn't Tony Fauci. And so (laughs) um, who's reviewing these papers and who's it's they're usually gatekeepers and they're gatekeepers to keep knowledge from being communicated in in an appropriate way. And that's that's the real play. It really has nothing to do with what the data say. They tell you what the data say. They tell you what to believe in. And so this is, I just tell everybody, you know, to, to, to you know, take a second and and just wait, wait until the summer comes. Why, You know, the variant du jour, if you get on that gerbil wheel, you never get off, you know, and, and what I've been saying lately is never get another shot. You've been lied to about everything. So- yeah. Don't get any other shot ever, and you'll realize better health than you've ever had in your life. And the proof of that are the movies, facts, Vax too. Um, yeah. the, the People's Truth and um, the peer, the double blind, or the um, the placebo controlled study of Paul Thomas and Jack Lyons Weiler showing the fewer vaccines, the healthier the people. Just you know, listen, you know, and and, and just look, and never get another shot. If nobody ever gets another shot. They have no more hold on you. They don't have any more fear. Because what mm-hmm. you're going to realize is you're basically okay. And I've done this with only one of my husband's five kids, grandkids, and everything else. One family is totally unvaccinated. So these parents are made to believe these kids are going to die. <laughs> and this little boy is healthier than anybody. Now they oh, got a girl in their home.
0: But it's it's so despicable. Crazy. They're they're <laughs> teaching kids. They're teaching kids in our schools that you can kill people. Mickey, you're an amazing father. I've seen you. I know how you think about being a dad and being a parent. I admire your parenting skills. I admire the way you think about it. We have kids now in Toronto who can go down to Nathan Phillips Square and get free ice cream and get the jab. What do you want to say to those parents? I'll wait.
3: <laughs> what I want to say is 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 congratulations. You have just created lifelong customers for big pharma,
1: right?
3: Because their children, they're, there's very few things that are is mo, more important for us to protect than our natural immune system. And when you interfere with that, you then it, it's it's really a rejection of our nature because. Uh, as you see how if you watched indoctrination, I chose to end it with a reminder of how brilliant and resilient the human body is. Because we have been fed this narrative for for generations that we are this parasite, this cancer on the planet, this failed experiment. And and you know, we say things like, Well, we're only human and when I hear that I'm just like I don't I don't understand even what that means that we're we're literally saying that like, we're so flawed, give me a chance, or give me a break if I make a mistake, because I, I, I'm, this, I'm this flawed system called human, when we're truly one of the most resilient and brilliant ecosystems ever created. There'll never be a technology that will ever come close that man makes that could come close to being as, as, as efficient and incredible as the human body. And yeah. so why in the world would we, would we interfere with that? This is an attack on our nature. Everything that is at, at the forefront of this agenda is to separate us from our nature, from our natural foods, from our natural relationships, from our natural beliefs, and and the more that they can do that, we become these transhuman, uh, very dependent beings that need technology and medicine and all these man-made things that will allow us to then be at the at the at the mercy of these corporate powers. And so why in the world would any parent, even when I see a child wearing a mask in a store or a young child, I'm just like you know, I'm not the kind of person that confronts people like that. I let people do what they want to do, but my heart breaks. It just breaks because I—it's I, painful to hear it. It's painful to see it. And I don't get mad at the parents because because I know that what's at the core of that decision is they think they're protecting their child. So at the core, of that decision is actually love. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. But they've been so steered away from their own innate ability to guide themselves. You—you you said it. To, they listen to these 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 voices that that then make them make decisions that are harmful to their children. So it's it's a very tough thing for me to, to see. Right. These oh, work. you said it. So you said it they, already. What's bad
0: is good. What's good is bad. They get trained right. the other way through the NLP.
1: Do yeah. you see? Do you see what's going on now? Because I'm. I mean, I, I'm skeptical. Uh, when I see things like the Fauci emails coming out or the admission of the gain of function, I mean, these are things that, that you've been discussing for over a year now, very openly. And now the mainstream narrative is saying, oh, my gosh, you know, we were wrong or "or there's a possibility that this is actually true. And you've been hammered. You've had death threats. You know, we've all been censored for having that conversation a year ago. <laughs> And now yeah. we're watching it happen on the mainstream news. What do you think is going on? Do you think are we winning the information war? Is there something good that's happening here that we've been persistent enough in our messaging that now they're having to to you know deal with the fact that too many people know uh, a lot of these facts and they're having to you know take that narrative and maybe try to control the narrative with it. Is that is that what you're seeing oh. or? or- you know, my concern, I guess, is that this may be another level of psychological operation for for what they may be planning here in the future.
3: There, there's a lot of psyop that happens, but I think there's a lot less than than a lot of people tend to gravitate towards. Uh, mm-hmm. A lot of a lot of what's happening is is people getting ahead of liability. You know, yeah, so, right. so people, yeah. people say, "Oh, right. Melinda Gates, Melinda Gates is leaving Bill Gates, because they want to they want to divide and protect their, their assets." Well, yeah, I, I think she wants to divide and protect her assets because she knows shit's going down and her husband has been involved and he's complicit in a lot of things. But I don't think this is a joint venture between them because if it is, they, their PR uh, uh, strategy is horrible because right. for, the, for it to literally list her reason in being partially... Uh, to do with Jeffrey Epstein is is not good in the press. And so that that should inform us that she's distancing herself from Bill. And, And when you look at the number of CEOs and people who have left powerful positions in the past two years, when you look at the people who have sold stocks and moved things around, you know that they're scared. They know mm-hmm. something's coming. It's not just for investment to enhance their money. They have sold stocks and have bailed out of things because they don't want to lose their investment. So what does that tell you? That tells you that they they understand that they're on the ropes, and that that this this thing this, this house of cards could come crumbling down at any moment. And so we have to stay very positive with what's going on to be aware and alert. But, but I do want to say to the people who gravitate towards these radical um, conspir- conspiratorial ideas, I want to say, um, please stop. Hmm. <laughs> um, it, it makes the work of everyone on this podcast more difficult. It makes my work really difficult. It makes Judy's work really difficult. When you spread around that that's not Biden, but an actor wearing a mask, and you can see the, the line of the mask around his neck, if right. you think that they could make a prosthetic that believable, but then they're going to stop at the line on his neck. If, if your common sense stops at that, then you need to really look in the mirror and understand that you're part of the problem. Yes. Because that kind you of shit is to the very destructive to us evolving mm-hmm. into what's true. And so when I hear people go there and everything's a psyop and every time somebody makes a mistake, oh, Ron DeSantis is now a, because he made this slow down. You have right. no idea what the strategies might be. There may be a longer game that they're playing. There may be a really specific reason. I sometimes have to say things in the media that I don't necessarily stand behind, but it's building towards a greater truth, and I'll have to sometimes um, you know, even say something to build a bridge that makes me sound far more maybe left radical than I have ever been, but I'm aware that, that that there's a language that we need to speak if we want to unite the people, and that should be the number one goal. Because honestly, right. united we stand, divided we fall. All of this thing is set up, even the vaccines, it's dividing families now. People won't yeah. go see their grandbabies if they're not vaccinated. This is yeah. all about division, because once we're divided, we fall, and then we can be overpowered and controlled. So number one is, even if we have somebody who is radically opposing our ideologies, love them through it, listen to them. They might actually have a point. And hopefully they'll return that same graciousness by listening to you. But that's what we need to do is start listening to each other. And also using our common sense to know when these crazy things come up. Because when I look at people like Alex Jones and even see David Icke, these are, are, are men that it have been so far ahead of the curve and proven right so many times, mm-hmm. but because of some of the bombastic things that they've said, because David's talked about lizard people, he'll never be taken fully, fully serious in the mainstream media, and that's a shame because the man has a really incredible ability to decipher dis- dis- truth from fiction. And so yeah. we have to be—we have to be more diligent in not understanding right. that. I won't even talk about five G publicly because I realize it's not gonna do me any good right now on this stage. There'll be a time when we could talk about it, but I won't right. talk about it now because I let one step at a time we have to move yeah, here with
0: strategy. Let's not get too far ahead of ourselves. So are you suggesting that David Icke's career has been jeopardized through his reptilian discussions?
3: <laughs> well, it, it's been jeopardized in the way that he's got a, a huge following. Um, and, but it's the crossover into the, into the arena that actually has the potential to make a difference. That those conversations have, have made it difficult for him to do that. Right. And so it's really about us strate- using our language in a very strategic and mature way that right. we don't make those mistakes. It's so I- I had challenging. to talk about opportunity to talk about, um, to talk about eugenics in pandemic 2. We had an entire section set up because when you understand Bill Gates' his father's background in, in eugenics, his relationship yeah. with Margaret Singer and her background in eugenics, and then when you compare that to... Bill Gates actually saying that his biggest inspiration was his father's work with Margaret Sanger, and it just so happens that Bill Gates has done most of his trials and damage in in brown and black countries. You yeah. start to go, that's interesting. But I wouldn't even mention it because the moment I talk about eugenics in my in that movie, now the conversation is getting to a point where I'll say it right now in this podcast because people are starting to go, that perhaps right. there's What's something going on? there. I wouldn't talk about it a year year ago because people just, they would have used that to not listen to the entire movie.
1: We we could talk about messaging for, this is a whole other program, but it's such an important conversation. So uh, I'll be looking forward to keeping that going in the future because how to talk about these things, how to simplify the messaging to unite the people is um, and how, and what subjects to focus on versus other, other subjects. It's a very challenging uh, thing for people who are, publicly discussing having these conversations um judy uh, we do need to kind of wrap it up here i wanted to hear your perspective on what's uh, what's happening uh in terms of the fact that it seems like the mainstream media has had to like deal with some of these issues i mean when they started talking gain of function on on cnn Right. So uh, what what influence do you think that we've been I mean, you think this is a, as a positive thing? We've been we've been we've been uh, making some some change here and now maybe they're running for the hills a little bit.
2: Yeah, absolutely. Do think we're making some change and and having Great. conversations. Just as Mickey said, I've been working really hard at, at backing down the science of it. Um, and trying to, you know, literally just speak, as I've been saying, speak the truth in love and tell everybody the whole idea is to separate you from, you know, uh, you know, uh, uh, I was taught once all, all, all Satan has to do to win is separate you from the love of God. Well, you know, God is love and, and, and that's what that we can't allow this to stop us from loving each other. So it's like, no, I don't care whether you're vaccinated or not. You know, take off the mask, show the love. You know, uh, just just go hug everybody, and 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 everything will go back to normal, and and we'll win big time. So that's what that's the messaging um, that I really think we're we've we've got the opportunity now. And, and I'm I, I think about um, James one twenty two that's the one I didn't learn for a really long time. Um so it's it's quick to listen, slow to speak and slow to anger. Mm-hmm. And so listen to their facial, listen to what they're saying. listen to their movement, listen to them, what they say, listen to how they talk to you. Listen with every fiber and every every sense you have and and then think about it and 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 then maybe speak with with
0: your
1: eyes and your ears. Yeah. 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 Very good. And and you want to let people know uh, about the book that's coming out? Sure. If I ever write it. <laughs> yeah.
2: <laughs> I'm supposed to be hiding. I, I, th- I, thought it, I thought it was. It's not done, Judy. Well, no, it's it's I mean, it's it's here. <laughs>
3: <laughs> it, 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 this, is, this is the one that Kent's working on with you.
2: Yeah, it's called Ending Plague. Yeah. The scholar's obligation in an age of corruption. And so it's literally everything we're talking about right here. Um, and Frank Rossetti is really the lead author because he's the one that is the contemporary of Gallo and Fauci, you know, and, and yeah, all of this. Great. He knows really all the truth. So, but what is a scholar's obligation? Number one, to produce knowledge. And number two, to communicate it
0: effectively. Mm-hmm.
2: And yeah. according to only the data. And organize
0: other, and clarify the data.
2: Correct. And only the data, no stats, no anything else. And that's, that's where we really have to get back to in, in all of the industry. That's what we're talking about, with whether it's media, whether it's anything else, the, sco- mm. the legal scholars. What are the facts? You know, not anything but the data, not how I look, not what I drink, uh, you know, not whether or not I'm insane. I might well be, but <laughs> <Right>. <laughs> so the data are the data. And so that's what the book's about. And, and we make it as Ken did before, because at what we're talking about just a minute ago, it's funny. I mean, it, these stories are funny. Um, and they're the, the, the truth, really, how we approach these things and, and the, the, the situations, if we, you know, laughter is really the best medicine. And when you show that you're not afraid, not only are you not afraid, I'm not sitting around cowering anywhere. And so when you, when you hear some of the stories, the trouble I got into as a kid, uh, because I simply we my stepfather used to say, Judy's mouth gets Judy's body in trouble. It's really not her body. And he called me crash because I <laughs> <laughs> <laughs>
0: Doug, listen, because you know I, I like what she just said, laughter, yep, uh, it's a Absolutely. great medicine. Can yeah. you put that uh, picture up of her, and Michelle, in uh, Tampa, Florida, reopening America Conference, June nineteenth. 2021, a very good friend of mine, a colleague, music business um, colleague of mine, a performer as well. We're both performers. I'm a drummer. She's a singer. Amazing woman, Michelle Taber You and her are having a good time over <laughs> drinks. Yep. There you go. Look at you go. Yeah. That's you. <laughs> and I think we have one of Mickey with a very good friend of mine whom I adore and love, uh, Sarah Chajunian, Capitol Hill, January 9th. 2021 we get there you go there we there go she is. october 17th mickey she came out to our rally when i was the executive director of the line international we had about 12,500 people there with all kinds of you know amazing speakers she didn't want to speak i put the mic in her hand i got her up there she did her thing now she's part of the ca- yeah. canadian frontline nurses and the global frontline nurses sarah jejuni and amazing with you
1: back in the day thanks a lot for that shot and this, uh, this movement keeps on growing. So many people since uh, you guys came out with Plandemic. Judy, is PlagueTheBook.com where people can go and pre-order? Sure. And then, Mickey, uh, you've got a book coming out as well. You want to let people know uh, a little bit about it and where they can go to pre-order that one?
3: I do. Uh, unfortunately, the pre-order is on Amazon right now, a company that I'd rather not support. But uh, right. it's one of those necessary evils right now in this in this part uh this the stage right in history if we want to reach the people particularly those of us who've been censored we have to we have to uh, put our morals aside every now and then play the game and so it's yeah, uh yeah. it's the, the the book is plandemic and it is the the true story of 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 how it started we go deeper in a seventy-minute movie. You can say so much, but we, we go the full truth. Uh, it was edited by myself and David Martin, who's a genius. Duty, Judy, of course, is in the book, and and we go also into the personal story of, of what led me to 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 take this leap and to um, burn all my bridges. Uh, and right. uh, <laughs> a bit of an autobiography, it uh, in that sense. And um, and I will say that I, I actually didn't want the book to be written. And I am so glad that it, it was. Um, it they're, they're, the publisher, oddly, I'll have to ask him someday, I haven't had a chance to get because I've been so busy. They hired an investigative journalist to kind of ghost to, to co-write the book. And a few months into the writing, my producer called me because he said, I had passed on the book and I said, I'm not interested in doing book. I don't want to do any kind of product that people can say, Oh, this is why he did it or anything like that. But You you know he was really good and persistent, which good producers are. And he said, you know, but right now you're totally silenced, and this is maybe the only way to set the record straight. And I said, yeah, that's a good point. And so I said, yeah, I'll consider it. So I said okay to it, and then um, the the writer that was hired to do the writing. About three months later, my producer called me and said, I have good news and bad news. What do you want first? And I said, just me with the bad news. What is it? At that point, I was in the middle of the media storm, so it's like he couldn't shock me with anything that was being said.
1: Right.
3: And, um, he said, It turns out that the investigative journalist is not on our side and thinks we're crazy.
0: Oh,
3: <laughs> what? And I said, Yeah, wonderful. Great job, Eric. I told you that's why I didn't want to do the book. You know, here we go again, another hit piece on us. And he said, Wait. Oh, yeah. He said, You want the good news? And I said, Yeah. And he said, She wasn't on our side, she thought we were crazy. She did the research, called me. Her mind is her mind is so blown because she said she can't find a single claim that's inaccurate in either pandemic movie. And now she's so full awesome. on her side. She will not now use her name because she knows she'll be canceled because she's a far left writer and an author. Right. And so she's gonna she wants to be anonymous now, but she's gonna tell the full truth. And this is what makes the book interesting, because you see this writer waking up and doing her own research and she actually takes our messages much deeper. So it's a really interesting read now. And uh, I'm really proud of it. It's it's uh it'll be released in, I believe, you, uh, August. Now you just gotta
0: get her to not fear burning her bridges like you. <laughs> yeah. yeah, she
3: says she actually says in the book, she says, as of right now I'm gonna remain, remain anonymous, but but who knows what the future holds, basically. I think she'll come out wow. I, I fought for her to use her name. Of course, I know her name. I've never met her, and I may never will meet her in physical presence if she remains anonymous. But um, but her and, and the publisher were saying, you know, based upon what she's done in the past, it would be dangerous for her to to to, to, to use her name.
2: Hmm. And uh, I get oh, it, because wow. it, is,
3: it is dangerous, and you have to be willing to, um, to take what comes when, when you take that leap. And so I, I don't blame her for, for doing that but I am really indebted to this young woman because she did incredible research and she's a fantastic writer.
1: Excellent. Amazing. Amazing story. Really? Wow.
3: Plandemicseries.com. Plandemicseries.com is where you can find all the movies for free. And um, I still get messages from people all the time saying, can we show your movie at our church or whatever? And I was like, it's, it's a gift to the people. It's like, I don't, Mm -hmm. you can profit on it if you want to do whatever you want. It's really our gift to the people. Great. Amazing,
0: amazing.
1: Well, wow. very good. We couldn't, we couldn't quite hold this one to sixty minutes, could we, George? This one, no. this one had to. We had to keep talking a little bit. But uh, what an incredible pleasure to speak with the two of you. So yeah. far ahead of the curve, and how great to um, be here a year after. Uh, and see how big this movement has become at this point. I mean, you guys really uh, did the work to stick your necks out so early on. And now more and more medical professionals, more and more journalists are coming out, scratching their heads and saying, wait a minute, this does not add up. What is going on here? You guys so, pulled the pin yeah, without- long ago. Without your work, yeah. they wouldn't have felt comfortable, right? They wouldn't have felt yeah. comfortable coming out and, and going public and risking the cancel culture and risking the censorship. Uh, so thank you so much for your courage. And thank you so much for coming on this show and having this conversation with us. And and we'll do what we can to help get the word out in our own small way here. So...
2: Always good. Well, I'm going to go out. Thank you. Thank you.
3: <laughs> yeah. And Doug and George, thank you so much for your continued support. Thank you for for allowing us to to share our perspectives here. Today. I'm I really honored honored to have you guys.
0: I, I love you guys. You guys are fantastic. I'm glad we I've got friends. You guys have actually worked and met uh, or work with and met. I, I, I love it. We want to bring you guys back a couple of months. There's a few people we got to go through. i got a couple of shows for you guys to do, too, with through my colleagues that are going to love talking about your books and, 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 and all your stuff. Another angle coming at you there. So we'll talk about that down the road. I'll send you guys an email with some information. You can take
1: care of that. George, yeah. you want to tell people about uh, Canada Rights Watch? and then Absolutely.
0: Uh, We're watching out. Join the watch, folks. Get me at info can- at CanadianRightsWatch.com on Twitter. CRW underscore rights media, CRW underscore rights media. Anytime, any concerns, thoughts, any ideas that you have, we're always willing to hear about it. Join us on Facebook as well at Blacklisted, Whitelisted Businesses. A lot of great information appears on there. This video will be there shortly along with my uh, co-host Doug McKenty from The Shift Now. We will be continuing in our psychology of lockdowns. We're going through the rules right now of no talk, no listen, no feel, the unreliability, incompletion rules. We're going to break some of these rules, folks, so we can continue to give you the information you need to survive and to teach our future
1: generation what it is they need to know to stay the course with us. Doug. All right, Uh, and I have been your co-host. My usual podcast is The Shift with Doug McKenty. You can find all my stuff at www.theshiftnow.com. Thanks, everybody, for listening, and thank you guys once again for being on the show. Really love this conversation. Uh, Looking forward to getting this one out there. Take care, everybody.
2: Thank you. Love you, Judy. Love you. Love you, Mickey. Love you,
0: Judy. Love you, Mickey. All the best. Take care. Bye-bye. Thanks, folks. You've been watching the facts and the fiction. Thank you very much.
2: Thank you.